Uh, Ellie Blackburn was a key plank of Fox Footy's coverage on Sunday, and footy fans also know her as a three-time best and fairest, Bryce, a three-time All-Australian, a Premiership player, and the current Western Bulldogs captain as well. To analyse and make sense of it all, she joins us now. Ellie, welcome to Sports Day. G'day, guys. It's uh, good to be on. Ellie, the, the game as a whole, what, what, were, your, what were your main takeaways uh, 48 hours on um, of the contest that we saw at Icon Park on Saturday? I mean, it was very neck and neck to start off with. I mean, a real arm wrestle game. And I think it showed the strength of both teams' defence and, and how well they've held up um, across the board of the season and particularly in finals for both teams. have been really hard to score against. And then obviously with the game eventually opening up first to north, I thought they got the game on their terms to start off with. And then Brisbane, knowing how good and competitive they are, they were able to sort of not let North get too out in front and then were able to get the game really on their terms and, and sort of run away with it in the end, which was amazing to watch the way that they could just put their foot down and they're so used to playing finals footing and particularly in grand finals with their fifth appearance. So it was a big win for them and um, a great performance in the end. Ellie, you've got the best insight because you've played against both teams. When you say Brisbane got the game on their terms, what, what does that specifically mean um, having come up against it? Yeah, well, I think just the way that they get their run and carry and, and game happening, you saw them try to do it, I think it was the early parts in the in the second and, and throughout the third term where they tried to sort of open the game up to the front, bring their wingers into it. They've got probably three of the, the best wingers in the competition in their team in, in Jade Allinger, Orla O'Dwyer and, and Sophie Conway. And so when they get the footy in their hands, and I thought Sophie Conway's third quarter was huge by her, just her competitive nature to to just compete and get the ball on the outside and get the ball moving forward for, for Brisbane. And, and that's the way they play. They just set up really well defensively with the likes of Conan and Campbell behind the footy. Um, and then they were able to open the game up on the outside and, and get a bit of run and carry going forward. And just the, their forward line was just working really well together too. So, I mean, they have so many avenues to go through their wingers, through their mids and, and through their forwards as well, which... um they put on display. Well, it's certainly hard to cover all the, all the weaponry that you've highlighted the Lions, but 110 tackles, that, that's a phenomenal effort to be able to keep up that intensity when the game, for a large part of it, they were behind. Um, have you ever felt the wrath of that, that level of intensity in, in an AFLW game? Oh, I mean, I don't think to that absolute intent there. I mean, that was enormous. I think Courtney Hodder had 18 tackles, which was huge. <laughs> Bree Conan had 10 to her name. Um, you know, there was a number of contributors across the board that were, were putting on a, a heap of tackles. I think between four of like their key players throughout the game had 53 tackles between them, which was huge. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever copped it that brutally, to be honest. But, I mean, that's the, the joy of being in a grand final, isn't it? Brisbane finished fourth on the ladder. So, at the end of the home and away season, Ellie... Um, they weren't seen as the absolute premiership favourite. I think most people would have thought maybe Adelaide or Melbourne, even North Melbourne, but Brisbane were fourth for a reason. What what changed in finals that allowed them to, to salute? I think it's their experience. And I really like the way Craig Sarsovich coaches his team. I think there was a few games in the season where they lost to teams that didn't even make the eight. I think it was Richmond, um, Collingwood and St Kilda that they lost to throughout the season. So it probably put a bit of doubt in everyone's mind to think that they could go there. But... I think it's just naturally they've been there five times now um, in the last game of the year. And I think that experience showed, particularly in that last quarter, I thought their captain, Bree Conan, really stood up for them 
and played a real captain's game, um, which you love to see and, and love to witness. So I think it was more or less, yeah, their experience um, really standing up for them. At three-quarter time, did you think the Kangaroos had done enough? Oh, I don't think they had done enough at that stage, particularly knowing how competitive Brisbane are and how well they finish out games. I think in a couple of their games to finish off the final series, they've, they've kicked goals late in the game to win it for them. So I thought Brisbane were always going to be there. I thought North had, had definitely sort of got on top. Um, but obviously, with the likes of an injury to, to Jenna Bruton in the first couple of minutes of the game, which was absolutely brutal with her Achilles tendon um, being injured the way it was, I think they ran out of legs in the end. And I think they had to change the team up a fair bit, which think you saw in the final parts of the game sort of unravel because they weren't able to finish off the game that the way they would have liked to. Yeah, you've described it so well, that the way it did unravel. Um, so it was always a thought of Brisbane are coming. They're mm-hmm. coming. How are they going to hang on? How can they get through that last bit? Was that your thoughts and those who were watching with you were thinking that way? Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I think we were all, in a, in a weird way, hoping for a new team to win a grand final because obviously the likes of... You know, Brisbane and Adelaide have been there a couple of times before and and Melbourne played off in a couple of grand finals themselves. We're all kind of, in a weird way, hoping for a new team to win it, but they really couldn't hold on in the end. And I think it was Brisbane's accuracy in front of goal. I think they only had about five or six sort of inside 50s in the final term and they were able to convert them to goals. I think they kicked three goals in the final term to really seal the game for them. And, And I think it's just that that ability there to be really accurate in front of goals, in which they have been across the entire season, um, through the likes of Dakota Davidson really stepping up for them. Ellie, a couple more broad questions. Did the AFL get it right scheduling this game at Icon Park and not, let's say, a Marvel Stadium? It's a a really tough one because I think playing at the likes of these grounds, which we've played at all season long, um, I think is okay to do. I Personally, I'd love to see it move to... Marvel for, for the big occasions and you draw a bigger crowd in because I think what it was 12,000 yeah. and so it's a limited capacity but also in the same breath we're still trying to build the game and, and work it to what we, we want it to be and, and the, the effect of I think they want to create that FOMO effect from the AFL's point of view and I think it encouraged people to go to pubs and people's houses and watch the game on the TV so yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I think it's okay to, to have it at, Mar- at um, Icon to start off with for now for the first grand final in Victoria since 2018. But I'd like to see it in years to come with the game growing and evolving to eventually move to, you know, stadiums that can hold a, a bigger capacity like the likes of Marvel. Because we saw it happen at Adelaide Oval yeah. um, in, in 2019 um, where they draw 54,000 into the stadium there. But... Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a really tough one to decide upon. What what about the timing of the game? A, a call, a, a text message came through before saying the game should have been in the evening. Um, more eyeballs watch at night. We know that that's you know that's proven evidence um, over a number of years. Do you, do you think the AFLW Grand Final is best being an afternoon affair where the standard is probably higher because of the, the lack of dew, or should it be at night when more people are watching on TV? Oh, it's a, again, it's probably a really conflicting one. I think. Knowing how the crowds work, and I think we've got, been explained this, that we get higher attendance throughout the day because we're more family-driven yep. um, in terms of our, our crowds and our um, you know our fans and supporters that watch the game. So we've got families coming along. So coming along during the day is probably the best suited time frame 
for it or like so I, I, I like went through 30 time slot personally I didn't think it was an issue I loved watching it on the Sunday afternoon as well and then flicking to the golf after it's actually a smorgasbord of, uh, of events with a WBBL final on Saturday night last one for me um, you wear many hats so I thought you were fantastic on the Fox coverage throughout the year um, clearly uh, a great player as well but you're also the Western Bulldogs captain and the dogs are looking for a new coach are you going to play a role in that process at all? Yeah, I've had some conversations. I won't obviously play a role in terms of who we select or anything like that. But I think from for a voice from the playing group about sort of the type of coach and, and person that we need in the role, I definitely will be part of those conversations um, with the club. And, and they've been really transparent with us about the process, which has been amazing. Um, it's been really good to, to see and, and hear from. We're sort of communicating as best as we possibly can. So we find the right fit. So... Yeah, as, as many people as we can be involved that are the right people to be involved um, in this selection for sure but at the end of the day I think the club will select the best person that they think um, is right for the job and, and right for our playing group moving forward. And a long time until you play footy again, I mean the, ne- the next season starts what in August or in between the home and away season and finals, um, how do you spend your summer and, and what's planned for the next few months? Yeah, it's a, it's a long off-season, isn't it? Um, yeah. They love more games, so we, we don't have to wait around and, and do a lot of training um, in the time being. Uh, obviously, for me, I, I enjoy being able to work a, a day job in between, so I'll do that. But then, yeah, just, just keep training through, and it's nice to sort of get together with the girls and not have the pressure of the, the games in a certain way, and particularly for our season, um, the way it sort of panned out. Um, and just take the load off and, and train and, and work all the way through um, up until, yeah, next season, which will be good. What, what do you do for a day job? I'm a learning and development manager with the Pancake Parlour. So oh, lovely. Lots of fun um, being able to do that. Yeah, lovely indeed. <laughs> yeah, I'd love some <laughs> pancakes with ice cream. <laughs> so, okay. Get a short Oh, nice. So, I mean, there's some. I read an article that Georgie Parker wrote in, I think, The West today about how. It, I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing her here, but she's essentially said that it's great that Mon Conti can do what she's done by playing footy and then playing WNBL. But how long is that sustainable for? I mean, in an ideal world for you, would you like to be full-time, you know, playing 23 games a year and not working as, as delicious as it is at the Pancake Parlour? <laughs> it's a, look, personally for me, like I, I enjoy having a day job. So it's, it's really tough. I think that life experience outside of playing the game is really important, whether it's work or study or whatever that might look like. I think it's a really important element to have just for life after footy and, and being able to to sort of, you know, move out of that, that life of, of being an athlete. Um, but, I mean, whilst you're, you're in it, you, you want to give it your all and, and being full-time is, is definitely part of it. I think full-time for us doesn't look like what it will for the boys and, and for, the, for the men's competition, how they're... You know, they play 23 games and it's their only job that they do. I think it might look a little bit different for us moving forward, which I'm okay with. It might look like we do 30-hour weeks or something like that. Um, And then there's the ability to one day a week work a a job. And they've obviously got the work-play system in place with the AFL. So I think that works really well. We've got a number of our players um, that have taken that up um, where, you know, uh, places of employment are, are hiring AFLW athletes that are, are playing the game and can work and, and they're catering to that. So I think if they can get the system right, I think um, being able to work a day a week for life after footy is, is definitely worth it. But I think it, it shows that Mon was able to be a full-time athlete um, year on year that she's been able to give the game what she can and she's an incredible athlete at that as well. Um, 
you know, and that that'd be the dream. But I do like the the mix of both. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I like pancake parlor as well, and I can imagine going to Chads. <laughs> I used to go to Chadston pancake parlor once a week, Bryce, when I was young, and it was delicious. You had the ice cream <laughs> on the pancakes. So anyway, we love your work. I digress, Ellie. We really appreciate your time. Um, <laughs> fantastic on the Fox coverage this year, including the grand final, but also playing for the dogs. So enjoy your summer and uh, we'll see you in 2024. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys.